Welcome to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast, where we talk about leading your church and leading your team in biblically formed worship. Hey, worship leaders, welcome back to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. Today, I'm on with a guest, Justin Tweedo. Did I say that right or am I way off? Uh, close. Twido. Twido. Uh, is, yep. yep. All right. It's, it's a thing. Everybody says Sweet. That. Yeah, I was about to say how often. I looked at it over and over. And I'm just like, Tweedo. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know how to do this. But I was going to yeah. just go with boldness and mess yes. up big, which is what I did. No, it is It is not your fault. It is uh, one of a kind, unique, uh, derived from Norwegian. So I don't fault you for any of that. Man, thank you so much. The, the graciousness, the kindness, uh, the fruit of the spirit all over your ministry already as oh, we yeah. start this recording together. Uh, well, why don't you just start by telling any listeners who might not know you, if, if they follow the playlist that I do, they, they may know you just because some of your songs are on the Spirit Truth Worship yeah. playlist that I, I curate on Spotify. But yeah, just tell a little bit about your ministry, how long you've been there, how you got there, and anything like that. Yeah, I'm the, uh, the worship pastor at... Um, church called the church at nolensville it's in nolensville tennessee um, we're a campus of uh, a larger a church family of brentwood baptist church so um it's a little different we have kind of a different name and we have our own pastor and staff and stuff but we're all kind of part of that family and we're in the middle tennessee area um so yeah but i love it we are essentially a church plant um uh, about i don't even remember how old we are four and a half years old or something like that four wow. years I've been there um, going on three years, um, and maybe maybe this is going on four. I don't remember. Um, but it's been great, uh, worship pastor there, and then um, being close to Nashville and stuff, I'm able to, to write with other people, and um, I also put out my own music and stuff like that. Um, and then we, we'll do you know a lot of the songs at our campus and stuff. So, um, But yeah, I definitely f- uh, feel like I'm a worship pastor first, and... Um, who happens to write songs and put them out as an artist as well. So, um, man, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. So kind of, would y'all consider yourselves like a multi-site church or the family of church? Like how does that, you know, yeah, how do you guys uh, do that? We are one church. We're technically one church with, with many, um, you, you hear that all the time. One church, many locations. We're not satellite in the sense that we, we don't, um, stream a, a preacher in on a screen or anything. We have our own pastors and our own staff. Uh, well, like all of our campuses are very um, contextualized to the areas that they're in. So we're spread all, all throughout uh, the Nashville area, the middle Tennessee area. And um, so it, it's a little, it, it's, uh, I, I love the model. Uh, it's a it gets complicated, um, but it's, it's, it's worth it because we contextualize to our people in our towns and, um, yeah. I'm loving it so much. Yeah. That's awesome. I moved out of a multi-site church. We talked about this the last time we met, but yeah, so kind of did the multi-site thing and then have moved into a church playing network, which we would still say we're a family of churches, but in yep. a much more autonomous way. And so, uh, yep. once the churches kind of get off the ground within the first few years, they're totally, uh, self-sustaining autonomous leadership, elders, uh, budgets, all those things. Um, but super close connect. So we do a conference every year where we had about 20 churches come together, uh, last month to do this awesome college, uh, conference thing called the salt, 
uh, company national That's conference. Cool. Super cool. But so some of the benefits of kind of the family of churches, a bunch of the worship leaders once a month we hop on and there'll be anywhere between uh, usually like five and 10 or 15 of our worship leaders get on a Zoom call and we kind of talk ministry, talk shop, encourage one another, yeah. pray for one another. Yep. So yeah, there's a real that, benefit man. to that model of having like a family, but still having some like local autonomous leadership and I think one thing that that's one thing that intrigued me is that, you know, we're kind of, I'm serving at a church plant that's about eight years old. Your church is about four years old. Um, when you guys started, uh, like our network, they usually start like mobile, meeting mobile, but because of the nature of your network, did you guys, were you able to start with a building or did y'all still kind of do the mobile setup stuff or? So uh, we definitely had, had it way differently than a lot of plants. Um, we are in our own building now, uh, but we started kind of on, um, at the original campus of our church, we started there kind of the launch team, if you will, met there for a little while. Then they, they launched out into a temporary space where we set up a stage and we did all that stuff. It was actually a sports arena. So there was a soccer field right next to us and we put up pipe and drape and built our own stage. And, um, it was actually a really sweet time of, um, early mornings setting up a stage from, I mean, it was literally nothing in this room. And then, Within an hour, we had everything ready for a church service, which was crazy. Um, I'm sure many people are used to that. We only had to do that for a year, though. A lot of people do that for five, ten years. Um, We only had to do it for a year because of the the way that our um, church is structured. And so we actually um, have a building now um, because we're a campus but a plant at at the same time. And so um, really fortunate to have our building, and it's a great tool. But I, I really do miss miss. Uh, I don't miss the early mornings, but I do miss the uh, some of the like ragtag feel of you know yeah not having in a really nice building you know yeah yeah it does it does something in you where it's like the building carries some of the load of like discipling your people to really think on mission like hey this isn't. Yeah you know, it's not all about what we do in this room. It's about what happens when we leave. And so you yep. lose that a little bit when you get into a building, you have to kind of over, uh, overcome that with, I think really cast in vision and culture and those kind of things. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are the conversations we're having at our church right now. Cause we've, we're in a pretty large, like established building that another church gave up. Like we like swapped buildings cause they were kind of declining and we were growing. And this was before I got there, but kind of, you talk to people and they're like, man, I remember when we were setting the stage up every week and meeting in like a school and then we were in a warehouse and then yep. now we have this like really nice building and you really got to lead different through that to keep kind of the same grit of ministry and discipleship and evangelism that you maybe had earlier in the church plant, but that's cool. Yeah. I love, I love hearing that some of the similarities of uh, just the context that we lead for anybody listening. I think especially they're like, man, outside Nashville, worship leader, songwriter, he must serve at a church of 10,000 people. What's uh, how big is your church? Uh, So our campus, our church is, um, our, our room seats, fire code seats 500. We, we probably only have 450 chairs in there. Um, cool. Otherwise, it's just very, very tight. Um, but we have 800, 900 adults right now, um, all in with kids and everything. We'll have right at 1,000, a little bit over 1,000 on campus every week. Cool. Um, but it's still, it, with, that, with that size room, it doesn't feel massive. You know, it feels big, but it doesn't feel huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, very cool. I, I, I just love hearing about different people in the context. It, 
praise God too for what he's doing through y'all's church that within, you know, just, just over four years that you guys would, you know, have grown to that size. I'm sure you've seen a yeah. lot of life change and transformation. And so that's cool. What would you say, uh, you know, we're going to kind of shift into the topic today, which is kind of talking a little bit more about practical tips and maybe some of the vision behind some of these things, but how to lead a team well, develop a team culture. Uh, and so, how would you say you've seen that maybe shift before we get into the practicals of what you do now? Uh, but three years ago, uh, I, I would assume that maybe the team was less established, less you had less of these things in place. Uh, what was it like coming into that team? And then maybe what brought you from there to where you're at now? We can get to some of the more practical details of your leadership. Yeah, we um, so for context, when I came on, we were just getting started. Or we we're just planning, right? And we maybe had five, six people in the in the in the church that were kind of consistently on the team. Now, obviously being a part of a bigger church family, we had guest leaders come in and lead and stuff like that. And so they were never without any, anybody to lead, but as far as just volunteers and stuff, it's probably five people, maybe five people in our, in our congregation. Um, when I send out emails now, I think I was, I was looking at the roster this week. Um, I, um, I think I counted, almost 50. So it was like 40 people. Um, or what has it been like to maybe lead the team through that growth and change? Um, some of it's been stumbling through it. Uh, I have, I've felt the need, the, um, couple things like I've felt the need for process with that. So, um, when I came on, there was no, Hey, here's the process of trying out or auditioning or, getting on the worship team, joining the worship team. It was, um, it started out with people just, Hey, we need people to play. So I was calling friends, calling people to come in and there wasn't much audition. There wasn't much me meeting people. People already knew, but as the church grows and people just by osmosis, you know, we didn't have some big campaign that was like, join the worship team. We need people. It just happened. And people came up and said, Hey, I'd love to sing. I want to do this. want to do that. And over time, happens um i think at the beginning it's easy to get coffee with everybody it's easy to meet one-on-one or um you know a few people with each other um to kind of meet people first um and then as you keep growing it's like it gets a little bit unattainable to have an hour meeting with every single person that wants to join the worship team so we've gone from no process to like kind of just all being on me to now we have a process of uh, there's an there's an interest form. There's an actual form you fill out, right? That gives you data. That gives you um, some story points of like, tell me when you became a Christian, and then they type a paragraph. So you you get those key data points um, before you even meet them in person. So if someone says, I want to join the team. I send them the form. They fill it out. I get the responses. I've got it um, right there. And as far as auditioning musically, like I've found. Um, Hey, send me a video. And within one second of the video, you know if the person is like what where they are, right? If they're completely yeah. ready to jump in, if they need a little bit more work or practice, or if they're just not right for the team at all. Like you know within five seconds of that video, no matter what the video is. And so it, it saves a lot of scheduling time, like, hey, we're gonna schedule a big audition day, or we're gonna schedule an audition just for you as a person. Like I'm gonna take an hour, two hours out of my week to just speak speak to you it's like no there's a form there is um video audition 
Um, but usually I like, before I even talk about music, I get to know the person. So the forum does that. Um, it also, I mean, it, it, realistically, there's an element to being on the worship team. It's not just about musical skill. And it's not even just about um, being a Christian. It's also about a lifestyle that they live of do they like do they live a lifestyle outside of the church that's not going to hinder somebody's worship when they come in and go I saw what you were doing last like, last night kind of thing or I know that like what your home life is like and you probably shouldn't be up there kind of thing um, not yeah. that you have to be perfect but um, yeah. you know that we we want to be representing we represent Christ when we're up there um, so all that being said the form weeds out a lot of that so if someone's not saved you're going to know by what that form they filled out. If yeah. um, I've been put like, you know, uh, uh, marriage status on there, married or single. And it's like, and I put like, tell me about your kids if you have any. So you kind of get hints about their personal life and who they are. Um, and maybe some of the, sh- the areas that they might need um, leadership in, or, or maybe the areas they aren't ready for. Yeah. Just by a form, whereas that would be an awkward conversation. But because it's a form, it is beautiful. Uh, but yeah. I always meet with the person or talk with the person, get to know their story, get to know who they are, why why they want to join the worship team. Do you want to be a star or do you, do you love serving? You know, that kind of thing. Before I even talk about music or anything. Um, and then the music part, that's easy. It's either they're, hey, this isn't for you. Hey, we've got a choir. Come sing in the choir. Everybody can sing in the choir, regardless of how ready you are to lead a song, right? Um, or, hey, we've got we've got these different avenues of serving. Come go lead with the kids' worship. Go lead student worship. Or, like, hey, jump in Sunday morning and you're, like, you know, you're ready to, to go. So there's – you kind of have to take it case by case, but having a little bit of a process is, like, only helpful and keeps you from getting burned, too. Because when you tell somebody – you can't serve and they've only talked to you as a person, as a worship leader, then there's a, there's a personal thing there of like, well, they just don't like me. Yep. But when you say, Hey, uh, you filled out the form and you know, you check the thing on the bot. I even have a thing on the bottom that says not everybody's right for the worship team, you know, based on, it could be skill. It could be a season of life, whatever. If you check this box, you agree that not everybody's right for the worship team. <laughs> and yeah. they check it. And it's like, now you have that institutional authority to say, hey, this isn't me saying you're not ready or like me redirecting you. It's like the church, it's the team, it's the church, it's this idea of the worship ministry yep. as a whole. So it protects you as a person. Um, you can still have a good relationship with that person, even if they're not on the worship team. So, yeah. Anyway. No, that's great. Yeah, we actually have the same thing. So we have an interest form, <clears throat> has yep. a lot of the same questions, testimony uh, stuff. Uh, that's kind of the get to know you, learn why you want to serve, your strengths, weaknesses, like a, a whole forum, things like that. And at and the we've, end, we've uh, even called it because I had it called application. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was like, uh, one of the pe- pe- like key leaders in our ministry was like, hey, maybe we should call it interest form. And I was like, you know, that's a really good idea because it's, it's like not that. an application. It's, it's, um, I mean, it sort of is, but it's like, yeah, you're just telling me you're interested. Like it takes away this us the and them mentality and the pressure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. We do the same thing with the video too. We actually have people send in a video of them playing or singing. Uh, and for us, like if it's, if that video checks and we move them into the next kind of phase, uh, we still have them audition, 
Um, yep. but it definitely helps like save like there, yeah, probably been hours saved of like people that you just know don't need to audition based on the video. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, been, that's been a super helpful a, thing. A for key us thing to, that you just said too is we, you said we send them the interest form. We send them the video. Yes. So even saying in your email, like it, even if it's just you and you're part time and there's nobody else and it's like you as the worship leader or the worship pastor, or whoever saying, Hey, so, so glad you're interested in joining the worship team. Here's the process. We send you this, we do that. And so it takes away this, like, I'm, I'm the ministry. I'm the thing. It's we as a collective yes. ministry do this, yeah. even if it's you by yourself part-time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can always pull people like we, we do, I say we, because we do have a team. And so yeah. we, we have three full-time staff members and one intern as well as, uh, like one of our pastors serves on kind of the, we the worship team. Like he sits in on on those meetings too, and and gives vision and direction as alongside us. And and then we have another like our graphics person is also on that team and helps lead worship as well. And then but we also have like elders who are worship leaders. So like yeah, I'm not an elder at our church, but we do have elders who serve on the worship team. So like you know who give you know, leadership to different, you know, varying degrees. Like there's still like, as the worship leader, I still give the overarching like vision, culture, direction. Uh, but it is cool having like in, in other churches I've served at, I've always pulled in other people. Um, yeah. Two churches in a row, I just had like a a woman who was like a really strong uh, volunteer and leader. And she would sit in on every worship meeting and she wasn't yeah. paid. Uh, if I could, I would give them like a gift card to maybe like go meet with other women on the team. And it's like, Hey, here's a gift card to Starbucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I found that really valuable in bringing in leadership, especially like strong female leadership uh, to kind of balance out what can, I think be like a male driven, you know, community yeah. of, you know, we can kind of get in our own spaces where we don't, we, well, we forget that like half our team isn't just like and because us. we're, we're men and um, like I'm, I'm married and I, I don't like we, even at our church, like we're, we're not, um, we're not able to meet with women in the room by ourselves. Like there's just yeah. really good principles with that. Same kind of thing, like getting coffee with a woman. Like if, if that's the case, I don't want it to be, well, it's just easier for me to talk to a guy cause I'm a guy. So you don't want to end yep. up having all guy leadership and uh, look up and be like, well, we're the women. Whoops, I yep. totally neglected women. So um, that's really good. One things that one of the things that I learned, we just started doing this last year, is uh, I'm a staff of one, and so worship staff of one. Um, so I'm the worship minister, and that's it. I don't have an admin. I don't have, like, I'm, you know, that, that's the worship staff with 50 volunteers. And it's like, that's too many people for one person to be yeah. intimately involved with their life and lead them and grow and shepherd them. And, um teach them musically, all that stuff. And so what we've done is last year we started the worship leadership team, WLT. So I have a, a, a group text and it's named it WLT. I have an email list. Um, and it's, it's, it's five, it's me and four other people. So it's two guys, two girls, um, and, and myself. And we meet once a month for lunch after church on Sunday. Nice. I love that. And it's a one year term. They're going to serve for one year. And then they're going to pick their replacements um, to who they want to see develop more and be on this team. And so um, they're not like decision makers all the time, but they are servants and they help me. Like one of the things we just did, I just sent out an email. Um, I divvied up our whole worship team and I, I gave like each person like six or eight people. So, like, hey, this month, call 
these eight people and see how they're doing. Like literally yeah. just see how they're doing and what they need help with. And um, because I can't call 50 people, I don't have time to call 50 people this month. So wow. um, that's another thing that, and I think that's the wave of the future as churches continue to be smaller and more neighborhood centered. Like we're not going to have staffs of 50 people at a church. It's going to be five staff members for a thousand person. Church. Like it's the money yeah. and the way that our culture is going. So it's got to be leader led. It's got to be led by people in the, and the members, you know? And so, um, we've got to keep finding ways to develop leaders and develop our teams, even if you don't have a staff with you. Um, yeah, man, that is, that's a good word, man. Like that's, I really do think that's one of the key things that for a lot of worship leaders, uh, is like the ceiling for them that they really like can't get their team to the size it needs to be, to be healthy, yep. or they can't get their team, uh, like bought in and the culture where they want it to be because they kind of hit this threshold where it's like, if you're the only one doing everything, yeah. you either are going to limit the size of your team or limit the effectiveness of that team at that size. And yep. so being able to empower volunteers and bringing other people in, I really think is clear. One, one thing I've been toying with this like idea for a while now is this, this thought of like, there's a certain size where you can just lead the people like yep. you as an individual can just lead the people individually. Uh, but then at some point you have to move from just leading the people to developing a culture. And then that culture influences leading the people. And so yep. I do think like, I don't know what that number is. I think it's different for every leader, but I think yeah. I've experienced it over the past three years. Like when we were a church of 200 people and there were five, 10 worship volunteers, it was, this, it was a lot of the same people every week. And you, you kind of get that community and stuff via osmosis by just seeing them once a once a week but as yes. the worship team gets bigger let's say you have 10 people on stage and there's four, 40 people on your worship team well that's that's people are serving once a month right yep. and so do they really feel connected as part of the worship ministry if they're serving once a month probably yeah. not you know um th there's probably other touches you need via a, yep. a worship leadership team member reaching out to them or a separate team night where you yep. buy everybody pizza and just talk about worship and sing a few songs and do whatever. Um, but definitely like it's, it's, it's the, it's the church within, within the, within the church. And we, I, I think it's really underestimated what we have to do, not just worship, but all, all ministers, everybody that works at a church because you do, anybody that has lead, volunteer teams, right? You have to, you have to do that. You have to lead the church at large, but you have to lead your inner circle of volunteers as well. And so, yep you're, you're constantly like spinning different plates. Um, and with worship, it's especially, um, interesting because you have, um, I, I call them like there, there's three P's that we focus on is, is people planning and production, right? So really any volunteer space, but like with worship, with worship ministry, it's like you, you plan the services, right? With your pastor and the moments and the songs and, speaking moments and all these things. So you're helping plan the service. You're helping produce the service. Like you want the production to be really good and you want people to be served like at large, but also your worship team. And I think it's so easy depending on how we're wired to just drift towards one of those yep. things. For me, I drift towards planning and production. Like it's just, I can do it all day long. It's not work to me. It's fun. Like it is, if I could just sit in a room and plan services and carry them out and not have to talk to people, 
boom, I'm good, right? The people yep. part is really hard. And um, so anyway, just finding ways to offload. It's like if you need to be the, the person in your church that is into the production, that's fine. Offload some of the people tasks. Offload some of even shoot even some of the planning tasks if you have to. Yeah. For the sake of like putting more attention to production, if if you need to put more attention into the planning, and you just you can't worry about carrying it out with production, like find somebody that can step in and take the production. Hopefully, you have a tech director or somebody that's doing that stuff. But um, yeah. And then uh, anyway, so th- those are kind of like we need to to be really like we've got to thread the needle with the three Ps every week. Um, yeah. That's good. I think too, I think some people might have may hear that and think, well, dude, we're just not big enough to have a tech director or someone to do that. But, but you, I don't think you're saying staff tech director. You're nope. saying like you can actually raise up. So our, we have a tech director. Uh, that's not his title. Um, cause he's a lot of titles cause he has a lot of jobs cause we're an eight year old church plant. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, he does all of our production tech stuff. Um, and he runs sound, he trains all of our volunteers in tech, but he started as what we call, we use the term super volunteer a lot, uh, to okay. refer to people who are really sold out on the vision and culture of the church who really want to be involved in church planning. So he joined the church cause he loved the vision to reach people and plant new churches. Uh, and so he was a super volunteer. Now he's a full-time staff member, but he didn't start that way. And he served like every week for a long time because he really cared. Uh, and we just sent a guy, a college student to, um, Cincinnati who is doing that same role. So he was trained at our church, uh, spent, uh, you know, got saved his freshman year in college, got plugged into the team, spent, you know, two and a half, three years being trained in tech and is a killer sound guy. Well, we just planned a church in Cincinnati. He graduated uh, in December, January, moved to Cincinnati, and is the is just a super volunteer, like helping yeah. me tech, but knows how to EQ and run lines and troubleshoot. And um, and we like are really intentional about even how we do that. Now that we're more established, we want to we still like re EQ every line every week. You know, we start. Yep. You know, even though we have a building that's set, and like we could just like recall last week's EQs on the drums. We re-EQ every drum every week, one at a time. That's the first 15 minutes of a rehearsal because we also are training people how to do that for when we send them out. So I think you can like, yeah, find those volunteers and don't wait till you're big and established. Like actually it's, if you wait till you're big and established, you've missed it because by the time you get there, you don't have the right people in place with the right skill set to actually lead at that level. Yeah. And I would say like you said, established, I, I, I find it hard to believe anybody could be established, um, truly established. Um, like if let's just say you're really gifted and like you put together a great service and you're just, you put so, so much effort in as a worship leader, but if you don't raise up any leaders, what happens when you're gone? We call it the, the, the Mack truck principle. If you get hit tomorrow, you got hit by a Mack truck. Who's there to take over your job Would the ministry yeah. just crumble. And if yeah. it, if it, if it, if it would, then you're you're probably not actually raising up people and leading people. You're just kind of yeah. doing everything yourself. And yep. it's so yeah. the funny thing is like the more part time you are, the more bivocational you are, the easier it is to just do everything yourself because it takes less time to just do it yourself than to train somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So that's the, the, the great irony of it is like the smaller churches that can't uh 
afford full-time employees and stuff or staff members like it, it kind of hinders their growth sometimes because the staff can actually doesn't have time to invest in people they're just they're just task managers and so um it's it's the great it's the great like juxtaposition of um you actually can do less when you're full-time because yeah. you can now spend your energy hopefully raising up more people to do the tasks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the further or the earlier you can get out in front of that idea of training up, raising up, sending out. Uh, and we yeah. feel that a lot cause we send out a lot of new churches. So we've planted four churches uh, and every time we plant churches, we lose staff members and people in yeah. our networks playing two churches this summer that we're losing three staff members to. Like yeah. we're, we're not even the church that's planting. It's like other network churches planting, but we're still losing three of our staff members. And, and we view that as a, as a win. That's like a yeah. home run to us, uh, that yeah. these new churches are starting and that we're a part of that. Um, but we really, yeah, we really feel that it's like, man, every, every chance you get to raise up and encourage, build, like, yeah, invest in the, who's going to be leading next is we, we think yeah. that's really important. And I'll say too, like, it's exhausting. Like, I think everybody in their mind when I was getting into this, like we have in our mind, I'm going to, it's kind of the opposite of other careers that we think of. Like we think I'm going to have a career. I'm going to be at the same place for 30 years. It's going to be status quo. It's going to be, you know, simple. I'm going to be working with the same people for 30 years and we're going to be best friends. And all, and that's just not the way the church works, man. Like if we're planning yeah. churches, like we're constantly, not only do we have 52 services, we have a service every week, every week, we, we are constantly moving. And as soon as one person is trained and you're like, great, I'm done. There's somebody else that comes along. And so, um, that's, we really need rest too, right? I mean, we need to to make sure we're resting and, um, yeah. Otherwise that's why so many people get burned out working at churches because it's just nonstop. Yeah. How often, uh, would you say to a worship leader listening to this, uh, what's like a goal for you for how many Sundays a year you get off to like rest where you're not having to lead? That is a good question. Um, I'd say not being there at all. Um, two to four a, a, a year. Uh, not leading on the platform and just being there and being a part of uh, the congregation and just kind of helping lead other ways. Uh, depending, we do three services. So, um, depending on how many services you do, you, you probably need to take more breaks, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I'd probably be willing to say every six to eight weeks, I'm just like, ah, I need a break. So, um, just from leading, I can be there, but just from being up there and being in every single detail. Um, so what I mean, I don't know if that works out to math wise, like every eight weeks, um, it's twice, twice a, once a, once every two months, six times a year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that you're just like not doing anything. Um, uh, so anyway, and definitely just being away from the building. I find that when I'm away from the church, like I'm not going to be there this Sunday and like, I'm threading it. Like I'm like, ah, I can be with my people, you know, that's a really healthy yeah. place to be. If you ever find yeah. yourself like I'm not going to be there, finally, you know, it's like, yeah. That's you might need to re- reevaluate your heart. Yeah, that's you know? definitely a mark of unhealth rather than yeah. health. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, what would you say as we kind of maybe start wrapping this up? Um, 
would be some like practicals on like thinking through like scheduling and like some of the yeah. just different aspects of like culture. It doesn't have to be scheduling, but as you think of like, man, what are the real big important practical takeaways for someone who's maybe trying to take themselves from that smaller team to really developing processes? Yeah. What would you say those processes are? Um, so a couple, um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, scheduling first because i'm super passionate about that i, I think um i really like what we, what we do and it's not perfect but it, it works really well for us um scheduling if you try to schedule too far out no one knows what they're doing right it's like i'm talking about planning center requests like sending out yep. just filling positions right um you know i don't know what i'm doing six months from now don't ask me to be there i, I don't know no one's going to say yes to that i found a sweet spot in um so like it is, uh, it's it's March now. At the beginning of April, the first week of April, I will I will send out the May requests. So by the first week of April, we're two months out, and then we get to like six to four weeks out, and then we're two months out again. So at any given moment, we are four to eight weeks out scheduled with uh, team members, and people love it because they know what to expect. Um, they're not going, are they ever going to schedule me again? They're like, oh, okay, he sent out the plans. I'm scheduled in four weeks. I can look forward to that and prepare for that. Um, yeah. As far as actual songs, like, so that's scheduling people. As far as songs, we don't actually do a rehearsal during the week. We just show up Sunday. We've got tracks and click, and so everybody shows up super prepared. Um, I will send out Monday afternoon at the latest Tuesday morning what that Sunday is going to be. So as soon as Sunday is over that Monday, I meet with pastor again, we, we tighten up the plan and uh, usually it's 80% plan by then, but like, let's tighten it up. And as soon as I know keys are set, parts are set, songs are set, I send it out um, to the team so that they have a full week uh, to practice and prepare. Um, so that's worked really well for us. Um, yeah. That is almost then, exactly what we do for scheduling okay. actually. Like That's I mean, awesome. almost to the T we send it out on the 15th instead of the first. Okay. Uh, and we send out like on the 15th of every month, we send out like 15th of Dece- uh, of March. We sent out April, the second Sunday of April through the first Sunday of May. Okay. So, I mean, we're maybe just like a week removed from that yeah. schedule, but, um, yeah. So almost the exact same thing. And that's, yeah, so, cool. so that's great. I, I affirm yeah. that. I, that's awesome. I've been at places that, um, go week to week and it is, it's just Hard. exhausting. It's yep. exhausting. Um, sometimes well, you have then to do it's that. Wednesday and you're trying to find a fill in for that <laughs> every night for week. rehearsal. And yeah, and it happens. I mean, people drop out, but that, that way when you have a plan and one person drops out, you're not freaking out. Yeah. Cause instead of trying to find all the positions, you're only having to find the bass player or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and almost always people will know multiple weeks ahead unless yeah. it's like a, the last minute things, my experience has been, there are so few last, truly last minute things that, yep. that that becomes a rarity. So for the person watching this, who's like, man, I just don't think I can get that far out in advance. It only takes a few minutes to schedule that way. If you use the matrix tool and planning center. Um, yep. and honestly, like after doing that now for a few years, I can't imagine going back. So if anybody's watching this and you're like, I don't, I don't know if it's really worth it. Cause I've seen, yeah. I've, I've suggested this to people and then kind of pushed back. Like, no, I, I don't think it's worth it. I th- I'd rather just do one week at a time. It's so like paradigm shifting, helpful for you. Like 
I, I, my guess is you, if you're not doing that, you have a lot of holes to fill and you struggle to get your team scheduled. And this is yeah. the solution. <laughs> and, so, and I would say, yeah. even if you have the same eight people all the time, every week, do it anyway. Like that's even yeah. easier. Just do it anyway. Um, yeah. because it, it, it shows like the people that you're thinking through and you care and, um, you know, people sometimes not planning is knock planning as being anti-spiritual, but like our God is the, the ultimate planner. He planned the whole universe. Like, yeah. Uh, so there's yeah. nothing wrong with planning. Um, it's actually a really yeah. godly thing to do. So, uh, yeah. and the other thing I'll say, like, as far as spiritually leading, this is something my pastor has really, um, encouraged our staff to do. He gave us all a, a little, um, moleskin just like this big. And he said that he will write down, if he knows someone's going through something tough, he'll write down their name, what they're going through, and he'll just thumb through that every once in a while. And he'll remind them to pray for those people, and he'll remind them to reach out to those people. And so he gave us all one of those. So I was like, okay, I'll start doing it. And I kid you not, I started doing it that week, and then like people just started throwing up their like their problems to me. I wasn't even wow. asking them. They just came to me, and I was like, wow, I have a system for this, like, Thank you, Lord. Like, um, and so just so every Monday now, I, the first thing I do on Monday mornings, um, I pray and I read. Uh, obviously, outside of scripture time, but like I, I pray intentionally for people, and I pull that little moleskin out and I thumb through it every week, and that's the first thing I do every week. Um, and I'm able to go, hey, how's how's your anxiety going? You know, how is how's the new baby? How's the, yeah. I know your car was totaled. How's it going? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's been like super helpful. Um, but again, some of those like things just take planning and practicality and, um, that's been really, really good. So, yeah. and that was all my, that was all my pastor being like, Hey, you should do this. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. I think the, the theme of all of this is that these are, these are definitely helpful things to make your ministry run smoother. But at the end of the day, these are all things that will actually serve your volunteers better. Uh, and volunteers yeah. love to serve uh, when things are like smoother and more exciting, like more enjoyable to be a part of. No one likes like the last minute, oh, I need to change my plans tonight to come fill in because I didn't know I was scheduled. So all of these things are super helpful for just like making your volunteers love serving on your team more. And so I think that's super important as we, it's really easy to think primarily about uh, like how do we serve the ministry or serve the church, but we need to also remember that we're serving our volunteers and like, yeah, how do we, how do we balance serving the church and serving our, our people where there's like a, one of our contexts at our church now where we just don't have a lot of electric guitar players. And so we have a guy who loves to serve and would serve every week, but instead of scheduling him every week, I, I only schedule him three times a month, but I'm like, we go without once a month we go without because it's better to go without than to burn out a volunteer. Yep. And so just think about those, even that way, when you're thinking about scheduling, it's like, maybe you don't need to fill a hole. Like you actually don't need a, a full drum set every week. If you only have one drummer at your church, like you could actually do an acoustic set and that would be okay. Cause God doesn't need our full bands. You know, he doesn't yeah. need a full band set to be honored and glorified and exalted. And so I just think that takes some of the pressure off too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, do you have any closing thoughts and then I'll hit you with some rapid fire questions real fast. Uh, I do have a disclosure. Um, I would never have a Travis Cottrell poster ever. <laughs> so this is a uh, Travis I'm going to send this to you when it comes out and 
if you guys don't know who Travis Cottrell is, look him up. He's amazing. I'm in his office. I needed a, a computer charger, so I jumped in his office. Um, but I just disclosure, I would never put that up on my wall. So it's, it's well, not me. <laughs> you send that to him and then ask him if he would like to come on this podcast. And put I'm me sure in he would love to him. come. Yeah, he would love, he'd love that. Sweet. Well, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. So yeah. uh, just answer them as quick as you can. Uh, favorite social media? If, how about least non favorite Instagram? Boom. Instagram. What's your Instagram handle for people if they want to follow you? It's just my name, Justin Twido, J U S T I N T W E I T O. Sweet. Uh, okay. Uh, you go to a coffee shop. What's your go to order? It used to be just straight up black coffee, probably Ethiopian, um, pour over if I'm feeling expensive. Now it is just a chai latte with some sort of non-dairy milk um, because I just, I'm just i not drinking a lot of caffeine anymore. So I'll, I'll treat myself mm. with – they're basically candy bars, let's be honest. But they are. That's my, that is my go-to order at a coffee shop. And so we are, we are yep. similar. Uh, all right, favorite worship song to lead right now? Uh, I love uh, Is He Worthy? I think it's amazing. Um, but I've also known that some people don't like that song. It's just different. Um, it's crazy. I actually yeah. had a lady in my church bake me a cake and say, please stop saying this, playing the song. And she baked me a cake. <laughs> and, That's uh, so I was, amazing. I was bribed. Uh, we did play it a lot, but I was bribed uh, to not to stop playing it. And she, she doesn't like me because we, we keep playing, we're still playing it. So, But you took the a, cake. And I took, oh yeah, I took the cake. It was chocolate peanut butter. Like, I'm not going to throw that in the trash, you know. Amen. Um, but I love right now um, a song called Worthy of It All. And it's like 12 years old or something. But C.C. Winans just put out a version last year, I think. And oh my gosh, like, I just, it's one of those ones that you just start bawling. The chorus hits and you're just like, you lose it every time. Um, wow. So I love that song right now. Um, it's really good. Very cool. What uh, what is like one book or resource that you'd recommend to a worship leader right now? Oh goodness. Um, um aside from the Bible, I say that. I, you know, I will say it, that's a Jesus juke, but I will say it like if if you don't know the Bible, um, you're not gonna be able to lead people well. Um, and if if scripture is not in your songs, um, you know, maybe reevaluate your, your song set and in, in your list of your, your hymn book or whatever, um, because, um, it really is, uh, super important that we're singing scripture and singing, obviously singing word for word scripture can be really awful. Um, but, uh, and, and I think the Lord knows it too. He's like, yeah, don't sing that. That that's a weird song. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but singing, uh, songs that are, paraphrase or, or come from truth, like scriptural truth. Like that's what we need to sing. Um, so yeah. the Bible, that's a, that's a very, you know, obvious answer. Uh, but also, um, this is not a worship book, but it's a book called heaven by Randy Alcorn. Yeah. And, um, it's a little, it can be a little weird. It's kind of, it's got some weird stuff in it. And I think he knows that, but, um, but it like completely changed my mindset. Um, about the entire gospel, about the entire Bible, about how I lead people with a longing for heaven. Um, 
anyway, so it's a great book. Check it out. Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Wow. That's awesome. Well, Justin, thanks so much for coming on the channel. As we close, you already said your Instagram handle, but uh, where else can people find you online if they want to follow your music? And I think you got a new song coming out soon. If you want to talk yeah. about that, just, uh, just um, tell them what's called. Yeah. Uh, you can find me everywhere. Music is streamed. Um, Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, all that stuff. Um, YouTube, we've got live videos up there, um, as well. Um, and, uh, I've actually got a website and check that out. Um, but, um, yeah. And what was your other question? Um, uh, you got a new song coming out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've put out a few songs recently. It's like once, once a month recently I, I did, um, recorded a, a project last summer and been working on songs from that. And so, um, the one coming out this Friday, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but May 18th or March 18th is called King of Humility. And, um, yeah, I've had four or five songs recently come out. So. Sweet. Yeah. Love it. Great songwriter, great worship leader. I've been encouraged to see your ministry from afar and thank you so much for coming on the channel and, and being a part of this, having this conversation. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just good to talk about these things, be encouraged and the way the Lord's working at your church. Uh, and then hopefully anybody else watching this, it's like, man, th these, these things aren't like crazy or super hard to do or really difficult. These are the simple, easy things that you can do to set culture and lead your volunteers well and lead ministries well. And so hopefully these things were helpful. And uh, if you found this helpful, you could like this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, all those things. If you're listening to this on your podcast, you could rate it in your favorite podcast player, but thanks so much. And we'll see you in the next video. Thanks for listening to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go ahead and give this podcast a rating in whatever podcast player you're listening to it in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.